Remember, if you are influenced by anything you hear on Two Douchebags and a Microphone podcast, that's your mental health issue, not ours. Now, live from the historic River Market District in Kansas City, Missouri, from the banks of the beautiful crystal clear blue waters of the Missouri River, comes Two Douchebags and a Microphone podcast. Because I canceled on you, what, two times? Well, no, we, it was one and one. It was uh, one and one. You did one, and then I, uh, that was the day my lady's car broke down. And oh, I that's right. The, okay. I had and to the, run her to the, um, to the shop. Uh, yeah, then the next time I, yeah, I canceled. Anyway, this is two douchebags and a microphone, but we actually have three people here today. Yeah. And this is the great Kevin. Uh, hello, hello. <laughs> and so, two douchebags, one microphone, three people. Right. Yes. Yep. And, you can, Kevin, if you want to be a douchebag, you can be an honorary douchebag. Hey, I'll, I'll, we'll, we will partake in all the douchebaggery today. All okay, right. we are three douchebags, one microphone, and therefore one more, one up, one more one up on two fuck nuts and a recorder. Yeah, those guys, <laughs> those guys ain't shit. No, they ain't. <laughs> so, Christopher, you usually come up with some pretty good subjects. Um... Watching some. Uh, well, let's see. We got a truck coming up on us right now. I think yeah, he's going to try to run us down. Yeah, yeah. Oh, he. Yeah, that's two fuck nuts and a recorder. They hired. Yeah. Him. Oh, it's. One oh, of that's those... us foods. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's us foods is okay, but it's one of those uh, fresh fruit trucks. Yeah, that's yeah. organized then we know crime. We're pissed off the wrong person. Yeah, that's organized crime. So. So, well, speaking of organized crime, I was watching a lot of shows this morning about, you know, the real story behind, and and the first one was on uh, the movie Casino, Mm -hmm. which was pretty interesting, because that kind of ties into the bodies they've been finding out in In Lake Lake Mead Mead. as the water recedes out there. Uh, Two of them that they've identified uh, were grown men who were shot in the back, so, and it was about 1976 when they were dumped so that kind of fits in with uh, in the movie it's Nick Santoro played uh-huh. by Joe Pesci but in real life it was uh, Tony Spilatro. Wow. Tony the Ant Spilatro. <laughs> so he was one that they think they found in the lake? No he was found uh, it, like in the movie they they beat him and his brother to death and buried him in an Indiana cornfield Yeah, and that's where in real life they found him Okay. Uh, the next morning, because the farmer found you know, the freshly overturned dirt, so they weren't in the ground more than 12 hours. Yeah. But the third body that they found, I think, is another person that he killed and uh, dumped in the lake, because there were, there were a number of guys that disappeared about that time in 76 that uh, they're pretty sure Tony whacked and, and dumped, because that was part of his job in Vegas was to be the muscle and the enforcer. So it's it's probably some of his victims that they're they're dragging out of the lake. Probably. But it was interesting to watch the show about you know behind the scenes and and uh, some names were changed, but a number of things were absolutely true to life, like the the car blowing up and he manages to jump out because the bomb wasn't all that great. He had a metal plate under his car and and they learned to open the, they learned to start their cars with the door open. So if there was an explosion, it would vent out and not necessarily kill them. How interesting. Yeah. That's craziness, man. I, I don't know anybody who would want 
voluntarily to live that kind of life. I, that must be so stressful. Well, I mean, oh, um, there's, a, there's a great uh, documentary. I went and I watched it at, um, it was that little theater that used to be in the crossroads, and it was a little independent theater. I forgot the name of it, but it was affiliated with uh, the one on Armour. Uh, hmm. um, anyhow, it was, it, it was just it's just a little bitty hole in the wall and it's called black hand straw man black hand was referring to when the mafia was created in kansas city and i think everywhere else it started with a letter with black ink so let's say you had a blacksmith shop and um and these um so basically let me back it up a minute immigrants came over we had them come over through ellis island mm -hmm. because of their masonry and their architecture so basically, Americans went over there to Europe and they saw these huge Catholic churches. Yep. And they're like, man, you know what? We want that shit over here. The U.S. needed skilled labor. Yeah. And they needed sheer sheer numbers of people to fill up all that empty space and drive the Native Americans out. Yes. That's So they opened the floodgates and said, immigrants, come on in. We need you to overpopulate the people who are already here. It, yeah, and there's a lot of Irish, Italians, anything. Who, anybody I, who were all considered minorities at that point. They were considered people yes. of color. Yes. <laughs> there was considered a mixed marriage if a, yeah, if Italians, a Protestant man a married deal. an Irish. It's like, yeah, it's like, uh, Dad, <laughs> I got something to tell you. What? I'm going to marry someone that's not white. What do you mean not white? An Italian? Ah! <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, it's funny. Uh, yeah, it used to. They used to be viewed like the non-whites. Yeah. Even the Irish, who were probably whiter than anybody judging them. Yeah. You know, so. Or she'd go back far enough, and just someone from the next village over was considered an outsider, and yep. you couldn't yeah, marry true. him. So that's true. People have been uh, clannish like that forever. <laughs> yeah, so so you know they got they went over there and said, "Hey, come to America, man. We got plenty of work, you know." And uh, so they brought them over here and they started doing these big churches and architecture over here. But they weren't getting their fair share. By the way, it sounds. I don't know. I wasn't there. Well, they're still very but, oppressed minorities. Yeah. <laughs> you weren't there. I weren't there. Oh, so, weren't there. I was. So, I'm old uh, enough. But so Jesus. they were kind of like the first immigrants, kind of like you know the way that's over here now. You know, only they came from a completely different part of the country, except for the Spanish part of them. Hmm. They're over there pretty close. <laughs> so, so and, anyhow, so they felt like they're getting a raw deal, so they formed their own little coalition. And this was the Blackhand. So a guy owned a, uh, a blacksmith shop, and they're like, yeah, all right, well, we're going to shake this guy down. So they'd send him a letter in black ink, and it would say, listen here, or something of, you know, yeah. you are going to start turning over 30% of the profits to us immediately, or else. Mm -hmm. And it never would describe what they were going to do. I guess they just figured that out when they were there. You yeah. know, they could have, like, killed you destroyed your business, killed your family, someone close to you. You didn't know what they were going to do, yeah. but you knew if you got one of these, you better fucking listen to them. And it's better and not to tell you what you're gonna, they're going to do because that then your own imagination fills in the worst yeah. possible outcome. And also, you can't guard against it either. <laughs> yeah. you know? It's like, well, I don't know. Are they going to burn down the building? Well, I'll be out here waiting for them with a gun. You know, mm -hmm. Are they going to kill me? Well, I'll have a gun and I'll be on all red alert. You know, they're going to kill my family? Well, I'm going to hide them. You know, so the, the element of whatever was going to happen was really working in their favor. Yeah. Uh, so uh, that was the black hand part of this uh, documentary. And you can probably find it online, I'm sure. Operation Straw Man is what took them down here in Kansas City. 
and there's a lot of different elements the scheming in Vegas and all that mm -hmm. uh, was one of the biggest ones but also the Super Bowl yeah, uh, yeah. was Super it Bowl. Anthony Savella it was Nick Savella that Nick ran Savella. the book on yeah, Super Nick, Bowl 4 yeah Nick Savella yeah. yeah he ran the book on Super Bowl 4 and then all of a sudden the money started coming in on the Chiefs um, because he had all the money the other way the money started coming in on the Chiefs because uh, they wasn't sure Plenty Dawson was going to play he had a couple of, wasn't it a betting incident or something? Yeah, it was his associations uh, with Kansas City Organized Crime. Yeah, and he got suspended, I think. They were, yeah, they were going to keep him out of the game, which would have wrecked the betting line. Yeah, so then so. all of a sudden the NFL's like, all right, he can play. Uh -huh. So uh, Cervelli got that. so freaked out, he started calling people on his home phone instead of going <laughs> to, uh, to the meat company. You can look this up. It's a very interesting Probably story. Probably not the smartest idea. No. Uh, yeah. Well, it was rumored that they really thought by that time he was losing his mind anyhow. They were thinking like there might have been some dementia there. And he's just like, oh, I'll do whatever the fuck I want. I'll Drug use me. too. Cocaine Drug was use big. Too. Yeah, probably. So yeah. that is the last part that took him down. And he died in jail. And then his brother Carl or Corky is the one that killed your grandfather. He was in the car. Yeah. They're not sure who, who pulled the trigger, but yeah. he was one of the five in the car. Coincidentally, right shit. here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Jesus, man. Yeah, the, the bank down here, he has, a, we're going to do a special. I've got a magazine from 1934 that details. It was, it was a, it was a huge, huge crime. It was, it was over $200,000 worth of cash and securities that were stolen in daytime robbery. My, my grandfather was the courier going from one bank to the post office with one guard. And uh, they knew exactly where he was going to be and when. And uh, five guys pulled up in a Ford licensed in Kansas and uh, hopped out and demanded the satchel. And he, he gave it over, but they shot him anyway. And oh, good, nice of him. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And that's but, how his grandfather was killed. Holy yeah. shit, man. That's a hell of a story. Yeah. Only, only one of the guys in the car, uh, Sam DeCaro. Yeah, DeCaro. Yeah, right. he, was, he was convicted and went to jail. He was um, the only one out of all of them? Out of five, yeah. Well, and, well uh, Carl it, had like 30 lives. He ended up dying in prison, too. But, yeah. I mean, he used to sit right here, probably not this table, but, you know, they had fruit stands and all different types of little businesses here. And this was basically our home operating base, this and the meat company. Yeah. And what they do here, from what I understand, I grew up in Northeast Kansas City. I know a lot of the people that were maybe not in it, but knew about it and associated with it. So... What, what they would do is they would use different chairs. That way they could not be wiretapped. Yeah. You know, they'd come Switch up. Switch different yeah. tables all the time. So. so, you know, the feds would be like way over there, like spying in on them with binoculars and shit or whatever they had back then in the 70s. They'd be right here. Then they'd send someone over here to like bug it or rig it or whatever. Then they'd go way over there mm -hmm. and they'd have their little conference. And I mean, they were really smart about how they did it. And I read a book on some of the stuff, and it was ingenious how they did it. Yeah. But they had to be to stay ahead of the feds. But the feds did end up catching up with them and getting them all. But yeah. Yeah. See, that life just like having a, like you were talking about casino earlier. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, they were switching cars seven times just to go to the grocery mm, store. Yep. No, I agree with you. All it's like too much trouble. Like they go it, out and put their hand over their mouth when they talk so yeah. the lip readers couldn't see what they're doing. That's craziness. Oh. I want no part of that. No. And then I was reading about the mindset, impending doom. Every one of them had impending doom because they knew their fate. 
yeah. prison or death because nobody ever lasted forever yeah you know the, they always something happened to them either they died or or went to prison or mm. both yeah or died in <laughs> prison like most of the people around here did oh yeah it's even so, easier to kill you in prison yeah. than it is out in real life <laughs> yeah yeah so uh, it was like how would you like that mindset every day going well is today the day this car this car coming right here no thanks I'd rather be broken for. Yeah, no kidding. I, I think the last episode of The Sopranos, as much as everybody hated it, Fade into Black and all that, people hated it, yeah. described it perfectly. Because everybody that walked in, it showed it from Tony's eyes. This guy just walks in, he looks up. And let's see, I'm in a fight with New York. Supposedly we got it settled, but do I know if they really got it settled? You know, mm. I killed one of their guys. Is this guy here to kill me? Yeah. Oh, nope. Is this guy here? I mean, everything. Everybody walking in, he had to look up and observe and make sure there wasn't anything going on. How would you like that? I mean, this goes with what you're saying, yeah. Kevin. There's no way I would ever take that type of a lifestyle. Yeah, you know, thanks. I mean, I'd die from cancer. I'd be so eaten up, you know? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, all the free radicals in my body would be like having a fucking heyday. Your because mind I, would just go from the stress. or Oh, God. No, yeah. that's what I'm saying is there's no way I could do that. And a point they made in, in several of these shows that I hadn't thought about is the mob employed a lot of serial killers. Oh, Because they're, oh, they're yeah. hitmen. Yeah. They were serial killers. Yeah. And it's not like they turned this person into a serial killer to go... It's like, no, they found one. Yeah, yeah, they and found so one. And come work said, hey, for us. You, know, like, you can go ahead and kill and we'll pay for it and we'll clean up the mess. <laughs> so the serial killer's <laughs> like, really? Yeah, oh, shit. Easy money. Oh. Yeah, like, fuck. I, they always say do what you love and it's not a job. No. Yeah. <laughs> no. If does that shit yeah. for free, you're going to pay me? Yeah. Right. Hell yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, you're working with serial killers, psychopaths, liars. Ugh. So, uh, Christopher and I have this ritual, though, in dedication of his grandfather. We go and uh, get on these scooters here, these birds or whatever they are. And we go fly through that area that he was shot at as a salute to his granddaughter. Dude, there ain't a chance in hell you're getting me on one of them birds. <laughs> I would bust my ass yeah. the second I stepped on that goddamn thing. That's my friend Davey in Nashville. Oh, we, were, yeah. we went to go watch a concert this. there. This is last year. <laughs> we were all fucked up, and he almost hit a train. <laughs> we were smashed. <laughs> and we're flying down this hill, and I'm like, Davey, fucking stop, stop. And he's like, <laughs> no, no, no burn. I'll walk. Oh, fuck. <laughs> Davey, sorry for blowing you in, but actually no one gives a shit. They're mm. just glad you didn't get hit by a train. No. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and then fucking, man, I fell down so many times. And there's this, uh, they have a pedestrian bridge in Nashville, right? And they don't want people up there on that bridge. So right when you're right in the middle of this huge incline, it's like 110 when we were there. Yeah. And this huge incline, the bird stops. It has some sort of signal that blocks it. And all of a sudden, all there's like this graveyard of birds on this pedestrian bridge. <laughs> oh, all of them just fucking lying there. You're out of bounds. Yeah. Yep, you're yeah. out of bounds. That's exactly yeah. what it was. And I'm like, man, I ran out of juice. And I look around. Uh, uh, forget it. Davy's little ways. Well. I'm like, hey, stop right there. <laughs> Leave that fucker there. So I had to end up walking to the other side, which is quite a ways, on the pedestrian bridge. It was cool, though. Sure. And then on the other side, there's all these scooters, and we went on the other side of town, but anyhow. So, here, but I don't see him. There it is. 
Low flying aircraft. Yeah. That's the beauty of this podcast is you hear everything. Oh, goddamn. It's, it's also the curse of this podcast. <laughs> We've had so many complaints. People go, well, I like the content, but those birds. Yeah. Yeah, they're there. Yeah, they kind of live here. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I told them to leave. Then there was that day that yeah, store yeah. behind you, they were working on it the entire time. Oh, yeah. I think I actually listened to that episode. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, it was so fucking annoying. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's the way it always works, isn't it? You're, you're trying to do something. Everything's got to be done right then. Yeah. You know what I mean? You're trying to record your podcast. Birds are shitting their pants over there. There's a guy with a drill. Yes. He's doing nothing. He's just got it making noises. Yes. There's a leaf blower over here. <laughs> yes. Mm-hmm. This guy's smacking water melons with a knife who knows what's going on <laughs> oh hell yeah no on that particular episode we had uh brandon what yeah. he called himself yeah he was the uh um, deep sky the, yeah deep sky the deep state expert and he was saying a lot of really cool shit i mean whether you believe it or not it's cool to listen to and hey how it in the background it's like <laughs> He's trying to tell us about the Illuminati and, and oh, satanic symbols in the Golden Gate Bridge, and yeah. all you can hear is this jackhammer in the background pounding away. And, uh, yeah, I, he, the guy is really intelligent, and to, and to have that much memory of anything is insane. Mm. But he's one of these guys that like can't just leave it be. His mind's always working. So yeah, yeah I, I don't know how how well I. Uh trust guys like that where everything you know it's everything well, is a conspiracy yeah, everything, everything's connected everything's controlled sometimes things are just what they are right yeah. you know uh, the guy that just like fell down over there had they said that he had a seizure yeah, that's just seizure. that's not a conspiracy the guy just did right? yeah. just happened to have a seizure right there you know well the, the guy you guys are talking about he's over here he's like man the government's they got they're using microwaves. They put that guy down as soon as he came out of the shop. You know, that guy. <laughs> yeah. like, get out of here, man, you loon. There's, yeah. it, everything's not a conspiracy. The government's not always out to get you. I'm not saying they're not out to get you, but they're no, not they're, always I, out to get you. I agree with that 100%. There not are everything some is random events. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Sure. Yeah. So, hey, I remember that guy and his dog from yesterday. Takes his dog right into the coffee shop. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> Man, they were feeding him bacon earlier. I'm like, yeah, that dog's Sweet. never gonna leave. No kidding. Well, his, his, if he drives a car, he's gonna smell like your car did the other day. Oh god. We I took a, a trip out to Columbia, and my dog farted the whole way there and the whole way back. And then they oh, brought me back White Castle, so it smelled oh, like White god. Castle and dog fart. Yes, I'm. I'm glad your White Castles didn't smell like that. Oh, no, <laughs> they, they, was, they were quite the little... Castle, man. Oh, oh, me too. Holy shit, every time we go to St. Louis, so we got to stop in Columbia. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And uh, get, get White Castle on the way. Had kind of a bad, bad experience at that White Castle in Columbia, though, because... They're shoddy. We ordered your, your burgers in advance, and they said, okay, 15 to 20 minutes. Uh-huh. So we got there after about 20 minutes had passed. And Cindy went in, and they. she said, I'm here to pick up a case. And she said, working on it. They hadn't even started yet. After Cindy got there, then they got the box out, and they put a few in, and then they kept serving the drive-up. And then they put a few in, and they kept serving the counter customer. And then they put a few more in. She had. We waited there 15 minutes. And what's the whole point of ordering in advance is so they get it together and you walk in and you get it but yeah. they waited until she showed up and then took their sweet I wonder time if they have and a then lot were of, assholes about it I wonder if they have a lot of people that order them ahead of time and then just don't show up like they're fucked up you know it is a it college could be. 
could and be. They're, they're smashed, and all of a sudden they pass out, and they don't go get their three cases yeah. that they said. Maybe <laughs> they I get mean, real high possible. and order them, and then they forget. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But still, if you're <laughs> going to get do my that, pizza, then don't take advanced order. Yeah, right? exactly. Even if you have one one bad one out of ten orders, it's like, come on, man. That's yeah. the reason. There's a, a Mexican joint up the street from me that does that same shit. Mm. Bothers me. I call ahead of time, 20, 25 minutes. It'll be ready at you know twelve thirty. Show up at twelve thirty, and they start making. Them. Yep. God yeah. Yeah, that it. just enrages me. It's like yep. motherfucker. That's why I called ahead. Right. Yep. I'm yeah. fat. I want my tacos now. <laughs> okay. Same here. Then the weed dispensaries opened up. They were doing that. You could order in advance. They put the order together for you, and you just show up and get it to yep. try to avoid the lines. And then suddenly that stopped. And I asked one place and they said well we kept having people ordering all sorts of stuff it would sit around all day and nobody would pick it up and then we miss our chance to sell it oh got it so you know what i like that i respect that yeah so i understand that i mean you know half the people were just you know they were stoned and forgot they ordered something the other half of the people were like marijuana haters and they just want to go and screw with the places so they oh, yeah. put in fake orders one of my so. one of my favorite places uh they do great on it is capini's I mm-hmm. mean, if they if you call up and you say I'll be there at 11:30 because they have that thing it's on 47th Street and State Line. They have this little I don't know this uh, little turnoff deal there mm-hmm. that you just go right in the front of their building and someone comes out. I mean, if you say 11:30, someone's out there 11:30. They're like, hey, who are you? I'm Mark. Okay. Good. Nice. Yeah. Keeps you coming back. Yep. No, it does. That's why I always <laughs> do there. I mean. It's really good Italian food, but I like some other places just as well, uh, and uh, like Anthony's, but you know, you can't do that there. I, I mean, it takes a little while to get your food. So, so I prefer them for the quickness, and I just get it and take it home. Yeah. And now they're getting ready to open up a patio around back that's nice. just gonna be music and drinks. That'll be great. Yeah. Evening time, not yeah. so much right now because it's hot as balls. Oh, so yeah, yeah, yeah. No yeah it is. Luckily, we're in the shade. Yeah, <laughs> if we weren't in the shade, we wouldn't be doing this. No, my pasty has to burn in about <laughs> yeah. three minutes. <laughs> so glad I don't carry the mail anymore. That was oh, god. The winters were tough, the summers were tougher. Now, at least in the winter, you can do things to warm up. In the summer, as, as hot as you are, you're just going to get hotter. An LLV does not have air conditioning. None of them do. Or no. a fan, does it? It's got one little uh, uh, dashboard fan. So you're in a tin. You're in a tin can. You're basically in a Dutch oven. Is in a Dutch oven. Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> that thing is hot as hell in there. Oh my God! Did you ever roll up the windows on a hot day and hot box it? Uh. Generally, what I would do. There, did you have to use the same one the next day? Oh yeah, you you have one signed to your your. Route, oh okay, so, for yeah, You're using the same one. So yeah, there was one rural carrier at our station. She wore an enormous amount of perfume every day. Same perfume every day, and her vehicle was just saturated in it. And you'd walk by it in the parking lot with the windows up, and you could still you could smell her perfume in that vehicle. And I thought, man, there's no way I could live in that for a day. If mine breaks down and they bring me that one as a, as a substitute, I can't do it. I would be hurling all what day the from the What the fuck was she hiding with that stuff is what I always think. No, that was, that's usually what the guys would say is, what smell is she covering up? <laughs> we, we, we got a few, because me and Mark work together, so um, we, we, we've got a few fellow employees, and I won't mention names, obviously. Uh, they already know who you're, but, but yeah. uh, That wear way too much 
cologne slash perfume. Uh, yes. And you walk by, you go, Jesus Christ, man, what are you doing? The whole, the whole damn store can smell you right now. Yeah. So, and, yeah. And, and everybody gets the same look when they walk by these uh, people. Yeah. You can tell they're like same, like, my God. You know, why? that, that should yeah. come under the same category as secondhand smoke. It should. Because I don't want to smell that. Well, why are you forcing me to smell your scent? I know people that it sets off their migraines. I don't know yeah. if it does you, but it does. it does, yeah. Yeah, exhaust really sets off a migraine. And if the if the cologne or perfume, it, it's more cologne, men's cologne than women's perfume, but if it's got some of that funky, spicy smell, I just start getting sick. Mm-hmm. It's some of those really strong scented candles the same way. Uh, God, I had one guy I worked with at uh, Rosedale, um, and he did not believe in underarm underarm deodorant. Oh, that is the worst. Yeah. And he didn't shower all that often either, I'm sure. But every summer, man, he stank so bad. It was just eye-watering. A guy I used to work with, he claimed he was allergic to deodorant and it Uh, like bumped his armpits up or whatever. But man, I'd be handing him something. This is when I went out on the road and Uh did architectural metal. And that fucker would reach out for something, oh, yeah. and that smell would hit me right in the uh-huh. nose. I about dropped whatever the fuck I <laughs> no. had in my hand. Oh my god! Can't be around. You can't yeah. be around. You're smelly. Go wash your dirty ass. No yeah. kidding. Put some deodorant on. You know they make all. You know, especially now they got all these natural deodorants and mm-hmm. shit. Oh, he could have got that. I just don't yeah. think he wanted no, to or thought because it was he's fun. a dirty ass. <laughs> You're right. You stinking ass fool. Get out of my face. Uh. I had to carry his route one day a week. I was a T6 at the time, which meant I had five different routes I covered on the regular carrier's day off. So I'd switch around between the five routes. Every day of the week, I'd do a different route. So I'd get up to his route. It's like, oh, I've got to take his vehicle today, and it's going to stink. So I'd keep the windows down. And about halfway through the day, you kind of stop noticing it. That's so... He must not have had any kind of sense of smell or taste. He smoked a pipe. A really, you know, aromatic tobacco, so that probably killed his taste buds pretty well. Yep. He drank the darkest, blackest, bitterest coffee he could find, so apparently he had no taste buds left, and I guess he couldn't really smell himself oh. either. But That's I mean, his wife put up with him. Apparently, he was happily married. I wonder if she was stinky like him. Was she though? Or just couldn't smell? Growing up, we did have stinky families. I think everybody has had stinky families yeah. in the neighborhood or at school. You always knew the stinky kid. Yeah, in school, yeah. So. Yeah, he's always disheveled looking, yeah. hair all over. Hey, I've I've been the stinky kid for oh. a brief time in uh, what was it, like seventh grade or eighth grade. I was uh-huh. the stinky kid for a bit because I wasn't showering, wasn't bathing. I was depressed. Oh, my, car- okay. my parents had split up, and I wound up with the wrong parent. <laughs> so, the one that was, didn't give a shit? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was wearing the same clothes to school. I wasn't taking baths. I didn't care about anything. Oh, wow. <laughs> I'm surprised I didn't flunk. <laughs> I was briefly the stinky kid. Okay. All right. Well, briefly, that's okay. Yeah. I got better. <laughs> he did a short stint. As yes. Yeah. Yeah. You can say it was my turn or something. Yeah, or, just... or the ones with green teeth. They used to drive yeah. me fucking nuts, man. Oh, I had oh. a boss. He, had literally, he literally had green teeth. Oh. It reminded me of that. What was that song? Was it uh, um, Devil Went Down to Georgia Guy? Who's that? Um, Charlie Daniels. Charlie Daniels. Didn't he do that song, Uneasy Rider, about the guy going through the South in a... And his car gets a flat tire, and he winds up in this bar, and he's got long hair, and everyone's yeah, making fun of him. Yeah, I, th- I think it was him, actually, yeah. yep. 
and they mention some guy, and he's, they, these guys come in, and there's this one old drunk chick and some fellow with green teeth, and it's uh-huh. like, green teeth? That's like, but I actually, later in life, had a boss that really had green teeth. It was just the most amazing thing. Oh, How well, in the world I, do you get your teeth green? I went to school with a chick that <laughs> had green teeth, and I, I should, there's no way she could have showered once a week. Mm, I mean, maybe once a month. I don't yeah. know. Let me put it like this. When she showered, you could tell. Yeah. And it's like, oh man, her hair looks normal. A few layers are off. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, she's wearing different clothes than the ones the last three days. Oh I, my God. That's right, folks. This is Mr. Creepy, and I'm here to inform you you're listening to Two Douches in a Microphone podcast. What a fucking piece of shit. Well, this boss guy was a lot of fun. His name was Roger Hill. He's dead now, so it's okay. I can talk about him. Okay. But uh, <laughs> he was to- he was a little troll. He was like five foot nothing. Had a giant pot belly and no uh, ass. By was... the way, this is parody. If you believe anything we say, you're the fucking douchebag, not us. There you go. I'm, yeah. I lie about everything. Me too. So anyways, <laughs> all the time. <laughs> you got to throw a couple of these in. in oh, case I know. Somebody I get gets people sensitive. Yeah. Yeah. Out of here, man. So we change your little panties. Feelings. We, we already said we're sorry for whatever the fuck we might do. Yeah. <laughs> go ahead. I'm sorry. <laughs> So one of Roger's fun things was to, he'd, you know, we'd all be at our cases in the morning getting the mail sorted, so your back's to the room, and it's generally fairly quiet, and Roger would come up, and if he didn't think you were working hard enough, or he just didn't like you, he'd stand behind you with his hands behind his back, and he'd rock back and forth on his heels, and his, his shoes would squeak. He wouldn't say anything, he'd just let you know oh, he was there staring at what you. What a special prick. Yeah. yeah. Then... I'll never forget the day it was one of these characters. Can we do a Beyond the Grave ass paddling for that guy? Yeah, I think we can. Yeah, okay, we'll do it later in, on. He's in Maple Hill Cemetery at the 34th, and it was on my route at one time. You know what? So. We'll do a podcast from his grave. There probably not, though, right? Yeah, probably, <laughs> probably not. not. <laughs> probably not. <laughs> okay, thank you, Kevin. Not Kevin is involved. already the voice of reason. <laughs> yeah. We need somebody. Not even an hour, and he's already the voice of reason. Yeah. Yes. Probably not going to. Okay. Pardon? Oh, I just... I just carry plastic, I'm sorry. Oh. No. Sorry about um, What was I? Oh, it was Roger. Anyway, so he'd... The beauty of live broadcasting. <laughs> right. <laughs> so he'd, he's there rocking on his heels behind Speaking this... Uh, mm. No, thankfully. She was, oh. she was rugged out on something well, very before, definitely before I, before I saw her I could smell her and I was like looking mm-hmm. over here looking for somebody it was her Jesus. and the breeze is blowing that way she was, she was laying over uh, on that table in the sun and she fell asleep oh. in the sun oh she was so stewing oh, she's, she's out there fucking wasted. basting in her roux yeah. oh, the roux you can't call it that that's the roux <laughs> the roux oh god <laughs> the batter the gravy I just got visuals of just like my home. Should we Smart. call it discharge? Discharge. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yep. Secretions? Yes. Oh, sec- <laughs> Not I didn't eat before I got here. Oh, I have, Welcome to Two Douchebags. Yeah, I get it. Yeah. Good times. <laughs> Good times. <laughs> Both my brother, one of my brothers and my sister were studied the health field, so I learned a lot of medical terms, a lot of gross medical terms. I always so like, I always I love like to whip those out. excretions. That's yes. like one of the worst. Thin, serious discharge. <laughs> <laughs> mucus membrane. Yeah. Oh, so that one always gets me. Or the better one, mucus plug. Mu- <laughs> mucus plug is probably one of the worst. That's mucus great. plug is never a good thing. <laughs> 
That's like one of those things where you just walk into a room and go, mucus plug, and then walk out, see what they do. And then throw the word moist in there, because everyone hates moist. Yeah. Man, this cake is so moist. <laughs> Moisty, moisty, moist. What was I talking about? I have no Oh, shit. Roger Hill. Roger Hill, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, so he's he's behind oh, Ronnie's. We were going we to do a graveside uh, podcast till Kevin But we're not. But we're not. But, you then, guys might. I then, won't be partaking of uh, that. Okay. And then an unfortunate we'll young woman walked by. We'll just give paddling later. Like, Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> corpse paddling. A corpse paddling. <laughs> yeah. Can we get in trouble for that? Probably. Yeah. You know, maybe we won't. Maybe we'll just leave that alone. Well, you, Go there, ahead. <laughs> there is a mythical figure who lived in the underworld and his job was to beat the dead. Oh, we can their, do it now. For their you, misbehavior you know in life. You're right. You're right. Yeah. So that, you know, that's a way to keep your little kids in line. So, yeah, if you die, you go down to hell and there's somebody there who beats you every day for everything you did wrong. <laughs> How'd you like that as your job description? I beat the dead. <laughs> how do you earn that? Like, how bad do you have to be in life to earn that? They're like, you got to work your way up through the uh, ranks, man. Yeah. So you think you're like you're down there shoveling coal and fucking engines and stuff and it's hotter than fucking no. all of a sudden. Yeah, you're like, trimming toenails and licking mm-hmm. bird shit yeah, off of stuff. Yeah. <laughs> then all of a sudden one of the demons come down, not even Satan, like, hey, hey uh, the big guy told me um, that you're going to go upstairs and uh, do some other stuff starting tomorrow, 8 a.m. <laughs> go beat the dead. Right. <laughs> yeah. If you do a good job at that, we'll promote you to accordion player. They've got, <laughs> you know there's accordions in hell, yeah, of course. Yeah. yeah. And bagpipes. Yeah, and then they'll eventually graduate you to wearing a Raiders jersey every day of your life. Oh. Or your non-life. Yes, that's 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 punishment. Yeah, that's punishment. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> this chick left her car running. We can just hop in and steal it Hell right yeah. now. All right, two <laughs> two douchebags with another douchebag stole a car. Yes. Hey, sometimes you got to teach people a lesson. Oh, yeah, that's right. picking up the kid to have a seizure. Yeah. I said we just like park it like way up there somewhere to where she can't get out. Uh, she yeah. came back. Dang. Okay. Missed her chance. Dang. Yeah. <laughs> so we had this carrier, Ronnie Bond, who was a real goofball. I mean, this is the guy who would come in in the morning, look around, see how much mail we had, and then go back out in front of the station on the payphone and call in sick. And then go home. <laughs> that work. Yeah. It's, it's like, we got to cover Ronnie's route today. He called in sick. And we're like, well, we just saw him five minutes ago. He was in here. <laughs> oh, I love that. That's, uh, that's good. He sang on his route at the top of his lungs, and his, his customers were afraid of him. Yeah, that guy was, was psychotic. Yeah, he was. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah. Uh, he did. He did two things that earned respect. One was he took the the only early retirement that the post office has ever offered for letter carriers. He took it and got his pension. Went and worked for Walmart for the next twenty years and got pension there too. Wow! So he doubled his. He he retired from two places. And so then I know people that, that worked at Walmart smart. a long time, especially mm-hmm. back in the day when it was still growing and they're millionaires. Yeah. Because of the stocks. The stock options, yeah. I had an uncle that did that. He retired from the Navy at 38, and then he went to work for Disney, and uh, he just retired from Disney. Wow. So, nice. Yeah, it's, it's super cool. That is yeah. cool. Very cool. Well, the other thing that Ronnie did that got everyone's respect was when Roger was doing his rocking on his heels behind him thing. Ronnie, he didn't turn around. He just stopped casing, kind of cocked his head, and he went... What's that smell? 
and the whole room just erupted. Roger got great. so red in the face. He went up to the office, and we didn't see him the rest of the day. Oh, that's fucking awesome. Yeah, and Roger did have a smell. It was a real bad aftershave kind of smell. <laughs> he drank and smoked, and it just was all the poison oozing out of his skin. Just, he did have a bad smell. But Good combination of stenches. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was that was the funniest thing that Ronnie ever did. That's awesome. <laughs> Three little words, and he deflated the troll. I still love the thought of him, like, coming in going, yeah, all right, they're good. He <laughs> goes out and calls on a pay phone. Yeah. That's fucking great. Yep. Cool. Uh, yeah, we got some shit kind of like that where we're at. You'll have people call in, and then they just show up and start shopping. What? Oh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. What are you doing? You're supposed to be sick. Oops. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's like, no, no, I know. I, I heard about that. And it happens a lot. Yeah. Yeah, we had one gal called in sick I mean, on a snowy morning. I mean, the least they can do is go to another one. Well, yeah, it's just uh-huh, a smart yeah. thing to do. Yeah. <laughs> so we had a real snowy, heavy snowy morning, and this, uh, this girl called in and said, yeah, I can't, I, you know, I, I got down to the end of my street, and then I got stuck, so I, you know, I can't come in. So, uh, the boss said, okay. And then about two hours later, um, he sends one of the other carriers to drive by her house because she lived, you know, within the delivery area. And her car hadn't been shoveled off. There were no tracks in the driveway, no tracks. She hadn't even tried. She hadn't even walked out the door. And, uh, but she never, she got away with it because she was sleeping with the union president. Ah, <laughs> of course she was. Is this the same chick you're talking about? Yeah, she stole that route out from under me. Didn't sign her bid card. So she should have been ineligible, but she always went along on the conventions and slept with everybody. Oh, so she's throwing her dirty snapper around and yeah. getting dirty snapper passing. Yeah, yep. what a oh. fucking hooker. Get yeah. out of here, man. <laughs> but eventually, she became undesirable, and all the favors dried up. Kind of like she dried up. Imagine that. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. Yeah. yeah so. Let me guess. Uh, all the favors quit, right? Yeah. And all of a sudden, she had to actually do her job every day. No. <laughs> she didn't make it. What the hell? Yeah. When, uh, see, when I worked at Rosedale, there was another carrier named Mary, and she retired in, I'm going to say about 97 or 98, and at that time, she was the only and very first woman to retire as a carrier in KCK. That's awesome. The rest of them never made it to retirement. They'd either quit or change jobs. Men were making it to retirement all the time. The women weren't. And at first you think, oh, women are weak, they couldn't handle it. But I thought, no, women found an out. You know, if yes. half of these men, if they could have found a different job to do for the last half of their career, they would have done it too. But they weren't being offered to men because men were in management. They were offering it to women because they wanted to have sex with them. So, yep. you know, I'm, not all of these women were, you know, given away at work. But... yeah. The overwhelming number of men in management would look at all these female employees and say, hey, I can offer you an easier job. You know, in my office, in my department, I get to look at you and talk to you every day. And, and I'm being, That's what happens. And I mean, to be so. completely fair, I've seen that happen in every industry. Too. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's not just the postal yeah. service. But, but it's probably a little bit more in the postal service because mm-hmm. the control yeah. that an immediate supervisor has over you and the, the forms of power that they can use on you. Yeah, it's the Postal Service offers incentives and um, an easy in 
if you have military service. It gives you 10 extra points mm -hmm. on your score, which is great. You know, they should. You know, you served your country, and you should, you should get a, an easier in at a government job. The problem is when they start trying to run the Postal Service like it's the military, because it's not. And those of us who didn't serve in the military aren't going to put up with that shit. Yeah. You know, you can tell me to go do my job. You can't give me orders like you're my superior officer and expect me to jump and be afraid of you. Uh-uh. That ain't happening. This yeah. is not the Army anymore. I've heard station managers tell their supervisors in, you know, out in the open and say, no, this is not the Army. You can't treat people this way. Let go of the military. This is civilian. So there's that. But there was still that influx of military mindset yeah. More structured, more authoritarian. The people below you have to do what you say. So that would that helped with the abuse of power mm -hmm. all through the postal service. And one thing I am, I, I hope I was instrumental in this was getting the very first female postmaster in KCK. So when I worked there, it was it was in the two thousands I think early two thousands, and we just got a new postmaster and of course it was another guy. And uh, I'd known for, for years that KCK had never had a female postmaster. So I started this very loud vocal campaign on the workroom floor that the current postmaster should resign his job in protest over this gender discrimination. <laughs> and no man should accept the job of postmaster until they put a woman in that oh, job first. Oh, I love that. And I made a big stink about it, and the female supervisors were, first they were like trying to get me to shut up, then they were like, yeah. And then the female clerks were joining because in. Because they were looking like shit. Uh-huh. All of a sudden it's like, wait, well, why are you stopping your fellow woman mm -hmm. from, you know, now, advancing? The guy didn't resign, you know, and vacate his post, but the very next postmaster was a woman. And I would like to think I had what, something to do with that. What you what you did definitely did not hurt. I can tell you that. Yeah. Right there. And who That's the hell great. who the hell could come against me for that? You know, let any member of management try to censor me for saying no. that. No, no, no. <laughs> you're bury their own career. You're automatically a villain if you yep. say anything at all. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So you had to learn what what tools you could use in that environment. I once uh, successfully argued discrimination based on the fact that I was the only atheist in the station. <laughs> I remember the, you told me that. <laughs> and the station manager was a very open Christian, and I said, and I made the point: he hates me because I'm a Christian and he's an atheist, and he can't separate that. So that's why he's doing all these things to me, and only me in the station. I'm the only Christian. You see, I was a white man, do so you, do you of course think, I have no protection. Do you think? Yeah. Do you think that there was some of that involved? Or Absolutely did you not. Just come up with that. Absolutely not. No, it, it, it was just, just the tool. I it was the only tool I had. The guy hated me because I wouldn't bend to him. I wouldn't suck it. I wouldn't kiss his ass and suck yeah. up to him. So I stood up to him. Um, so I was able to use that. And how could they say I was wrong? Because all the facts were there. Yeah. He was picking on me specifically. Uh -huh. I was the only person in the whole station who was willing to say I was an atheist. On that, on that, all you needed was a motive. Mm -hmm. That's it. The EEOC report would look just like that too. Yep. They look it over and go, "Well, you know, the guy has a point. What yep. else is going on here? He's the only yep. one he's picking on." Yep. And, and the fun thing is, they can't move me to a different station because that's my route. I bid on it, and they can't take me off of it. So they had to move him. <laughs> <laughs>
That's great. <laughs> yeah. Man, I tell you, the last like 10 years of my postal career, I was the biggest troublemaker and jerk, and I was it was like trying trying to get them to fire me. You know, they never would. But I just didn't care anymore, and I was calling him out on all sorts of stuff. I was calling my station manager a thief to his face because he stole <laughs> he stole from my paycheck. I, I called in sick. I put in for sick leave, and according to the contract and federal law, no one can change that but me. Well, he changed it anyway. He changed it to leave without pay. So I didn't get paid for 16 hours. No. And he said, you know, I could fight it. You know, I, I did. It took six months, but I finally got my money back. For those six months, I was calling him a thief. I was stealing money out of my paycheck. I was telling everybody, watch your paychecks, because Gomez there is the thief. He steals money. He stole out of my paycheck. Good. And I'd say that every stinking day, and there wasn't a word he could say about it. That's good. That's yeah. good you did that. I mean, I, I, I was in the union for 21 years before I came to work. I was where, in one for 20 years. Where we're at now, and I used to love that shit. Mm -hmm. It's like, you know, we've got some issues where we're at now, and I go, hey, I was in the union for 21 years. I know the definition of discrimination, harassment, and all kinds of other mm -hmm. shit. So if you guys want to try me, go ahead. Yep. I, I won't have a problem. Yeah. going above your heads at all management's yep. worst nightmare is an employee who knows his or her rights yep yep it's true i've, I've had to throw that out there a couple of times to some of our superiors mm -hmm. well, back Look, them up. let's go yeah. you, you want to have a go wouldn't you know mm -hmm. i have no problem doing that at all yeah, I, I tried management at the postal service over the course of three years i was what they called a push-up which meant I was still a carrier, still had my route, but they could put me in a supervisory position for like up to 90 days at a stretch if they wanted to. Usually it was like a weekend or a week or something like that, and I'd go back to my route. But while I was pushing up, they were training me to be management, and they were letting me know all, well, excuse me, all the secrets. And uh, the, I had a station manager, Carl Norwood. Guy looked, for the world, he looked like Warren Moon. Just like Warren Moon, it was crazy. But, uh, you know, he's an asshole. Well, Warren Moon is apparently a nice guy, but this guy was a jerk. Uh, except uh, for that wife beating stuff. Yeah. But uh, other than that, I'm, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, that's not okay. Yeah, that's yeah. not okay. But, <laughs> but uh, you know, we'd, we'd be at the supervisor's desk, and you know, he'd want to huddle up, and we'd be looking at people. It's like, like, see that guy over there? See Tom? He's slowing down. He's got extra time. We need to capture that extra time. Go over and tell him he's got to carry extra. What a prick. We need to capture that extra time. Yeah. I would have grabbed a bottle. <laughs> Hang on. I'll be right back. <laughs> so with, with nothing to back him up except I think he's being slow, he wanted me to go over and make this guy carry extra. Well, the fact is I have to show him here's how much mail you have. Here's how long historically it takes you to carry that amount of mail in these conditions. Uh -huh. It shows you have this amount of extra time. Do you agree? Is that right? And he can say no. And then I can't make him carry extra. Yep. But the boss was like, just go tell him. Go tell him he's got an extra half hour. And it's like, well, I got to. My boss just told me I have to. So I went over and then Tom lit me up. I ain't carrying shit. You can't make this. I saw you over there whispering about me. <laughs> it's like, damn, I don't think this job's for me. <laughs> there's, there, there's no part of management that appeals to me I, uh, at all. None of it. I talked to my yeah, brother, Mark, because he was in management at the time, and he said, well, 
you know, you can talk to these people and say, well, like in your next performance review, this can affect, you know, your compensation, blah, it's like, uh, that didn't work. We have a union contract. If he's still employed, he gets the raise. So there's nothing I can do. Yeah. And my brother's like, well, that's impossible. You can't make him do anything. So I know. All you can do is try to talk him into it, intimidate him into it, uh, bully him into it. Uh, that's, that's not the, the job I want. Right. That's what I actually loved about the union. There were some things that I didn't like, but I didn't love. When you look at a con, it's right there. The contract is black and white. It mm -hmm. says this is what you can do. This is what you can't do. Mm -hmm. And that's how you. That's there's no gray area. No. Huh? You know what I mean? Well, you can work six days a week. You cannot work seven. That's it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Shit like that. Well, the Postal Service worked in gray areas with what they called memorandums of understanding. Lo ah. Local memorandums of understanding to where, well, locally this other thing works instead of what's in the contract. So union and management have agreed together that we'll operate under these. Uh -huh. And so some of those would bite me in the ass. And I'd go to my union rep and say, hey, I didn't approve this. I didn't vote for it. It was just done without my consent, without my knowledge. I'm paying union dues for protection, and you guys are giving away my rights. Well, it's kind of how we do things, is it? That's such a bullshit. Yeah. Whatever. They tried to do a couple of uh, things like that when uh, when I was in, you know, just throwing random shit in there. I'm like, wait, mm -hmm. wait, wait, wait. Mm -hmm. Don't we have to vote on these things? You know what I mean? Yeah, really? you know, they tried taking our insurance and changing it to a different type of insurance that was mm -hmm. not nearly as good because, you know, our contract said, you, this is the insurance you have. Yeah. You know, this type, this coverage, blah, blah, blah. Well, they tried to change it halfway through the contract. And uh, it was, you know, dog shit. Oh, of course. You they, know, so they could, you know, save a, save a penny or two. And they got a kickback. Yeah, and I'm sure they 100% got a kickback, you know, and it started costing because there were some guys that I was working with that were, you know, they were older fellas, yeah. you know, and they had some medical problems or their wife had medical problems, you know, and they started getting these bills coming in. And I said, I told you guys the shit was going to happen. Mm -hmm. Nobody wants to listen to the kid. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's, yeah. uh, and it did, and we ended up getting it changed back. We, I think yeah. we ended up having to go to court over that one. Gosh. You know. Imagine having to fight your own union. That's yeah. just wrong. Yeah. yeah. Idiots, man. Idiots. I'm telling you, if I never have another union job in my life, it won't hurt my feelings. <laughs> right. I'm, not, I'm not even bullshitting. You know, I love those guys down there yeah. um, at the hall and all that jazz. But, you know, from what I understand, you know, even when I got in the union in 1997 is when I started. I graduated high school. You know, the unions aren't near what they were back in the 70s and 80s, yeah, you know true. what I mean? They true. ran shit. Yeah. The union says, this is what it's going to be. They have real it. power. You know what I mean? And yeah. it wasn't like that anymore. We were fighting for one day off a week. I'm like, what the fuck is going on around here? Man? I think a lot of it is the, the upper echelons of, of union saw how easy the upper echelons of management were having it and management was like just be corrupt like us you can do this too yep. and i think a, you give it long enough and enough people are going to say you know what screw this hard work i'm just going to be on the tape like everyone else yeah and then the union's no longer about the workers it's that's kind of their cover story while they make money yep here's, and here's what you said sad but that's 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 kind of what humans do in every endeavor is they find how to make the easy money. Do, do, do.
fades in the microphone. I just posted that we're podcasting and put all our names on it and all that, so that's why it's quiet. But here's what I used to hate about my purposes. Right. I get it. You guys are getting ready to go jump around and dance on someone's grave. I'm out of here, Jack. Oh, that's in a couple of days. Okay. Yeah. Good. We're I'll waiting for work. it to cool down. Yeah. yeah. We'll pick a nice day, have a picnic. Right now, he'd be having the last laugh. Uh-huh. Oh, you fuckers are doing that? Good. Yeah. Great. <laughs> have a heat stroke. I don't care. Enjoy, dickhead. Yeah. I'll tell you what did it for me, though, with the unions. The, the final straw was, you know, like I said, I was 18 years old when I got in, and I was 39. They shut the door on my the warehouse I was working in. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? They just closed it. Paid 21 years, almost 21 years of union dues every month. You know, they shut the doors on my shop, and not one time did the union reach out. Oh. They didn't say, hey, you know, why don't you come on down? You know, we'll try to get you something, and, mm. you know, we'll look into this, look into that, see what we can do to help you out. Not one fucking time, man. And I tell you what. That's awful. It, 21 years, man, you spent with those guys, and it's like, they just toss you away, man. No, nope, mm. We're not getting your day, you know, your dues every month, so go fuck yourself. My, my very first union job, I was in sheet metal number two, and uh, anyhow, my very first union job, the shop I was at, I was out there probably 15 years, and they came up and they told everybody, they said, listen, there's more money there, don't ratify this contract. So everyone's like, okay, all right. So everyone voted it down, and then they, the company came back and they said, hey, they said, look, we are going to move if you guys don't ratify this, we can't afford any more. Union came back and they said, oh, don't worry about it, they can't, we got them legally. Company moved, never seen them again, Mm. never heard a fucking thing from those douchebags. Oh, God. Yeah. Making promises they couldn't keep. (laughs) Like I said, the unions are great for certain things, you know, it keeps management that just because they don't like you, they can't fire you. And that may or may not have been number two, it might have been another union I was talking about. Oh, yeah. They know, they know where I'm at every Monday. Plausible deniability. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't give a shit. I'll say whatever the fuck I want. You know, <laughs> no, like, I'll Come, come, come visit me. You know what I mean? Go yeah. see me. <laughs> it's, uh, you know... My dad was a member of the Musicians Union here in town. Uh, he taught music theory and composition at UMKC Conservatory. And then oh, wow. he worked every night, every night he could playing, composing, doing doing stuff. So, I mean, he, he wouldn't have been able to make a move without being a member of the Musicians Union. And he didn't have a lot of respect for the Musicians Union, I think, because he didn't need them. His, uh, his talent and his reputation were such that everybody wanted him, everybody wanted to work with him, everybody wanted him, him to write a, something for them, etc. And to him, the musicians' union was for people who couldn't do that and just needed, you know, daily gigs. You know, hey, I'm, I need some work. Like, all right, go down here and play horn for five hours. You know, that's kind of what the musicians' union did. You go down there and you look for work, and they always had something for you, but you had to have the skill to actually go in there and show up and play it cold. Sure. My well, dad never me. used him for that. You know, so he, he would go there and ask for musicians, but he would never go over there looking for a job because he didn't need to. So he didn't have much much use for a union. Um, my mom was a college teacher also, but taught biology. She, I don't think, ever joined any kind of teacher's union. Um, 
But when I started on with the Postal Service, you know, I asked a high school friend of mine who had already been there for three years. I said, you know, I don't know much about unions. You know, should I join? He's like, yeah, absolutely. Well, something like the post office, that, yeah, yeah absolutely. Because I, I know, well, I know, you know, because Val's post office, yeah. uh, my wife, so... I know a lot about this, and you definitely need their backing on there. They're, yeah. they're one union that still has some clout. Even though they can't strike, you know, it's illegal for carriers, to, like the aircraft controllers, it was illegal for them to strike. It's why they all got fired. And then Reagan replaced them yeah. all. Yeah, that's what would happen yeah. with letter carriers if they went ever, ever went out on a wildcat strike. It's like, you're done. Bye. Well, letter carriers cannot strike? Nope. What's the point of even being in a union? It's, it's a real hamstrung union. Um, oh. The most we can do is a, is in a massive slowdown and calling ah, in sick. Nice. But if we actually went on strike, we would re be fired and replaced immediately. So that's that's you know a handicap we have to work with. But the union still has a lot of benefit when you're working with an employer with massive resources and all the time in the world to delay things. Sure. Uh, one of my cousins is uh, a lawyer. She has been. I don't know if she's still practicing. But she represented some work, workers' comp cases against the Postal Service. And she said, oh, God, I hate the post office. They are so slow in getting you, you know, they're legally required to hand you these documents. They put you off for months. Oh, yeah. And then, oh, that person doesn't work here anymore. Oh, yeah, well, we'll get to it. And it's just delay, delay, delay. Yeah. Um, so that you need a union to fight something like that and cost them money. Yeah, that's true. That's 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 the big thing. The postal, the the letter carriers union, now all the postal unions, none of them are allowed to strike. If you can cost the post office money, that's leverage. And if you can focus it on one member of management, is this this person's fault? He's why or she's why? Then that person generally gets replaced. Post office management loves to assign blame. Mm -hmm. They're like, you know, who can we blame for this? Oh, that person. Sounds like where we work. Kick them out. <laughs> Sounds like where yeah. we work, bud. And everybody goes back to being incompetent, but well, hey, we I blamed mean, it on that guy. I, so. I like I liken it to like a, a baseball team or a football team. Okay, not not one person is responsible for all that, mm -hmm. right? But when you get rid of the head coach, yeah, or the uh, or the manager of a baseball team. You get a cleansing. All yeah. of a sudden, everything's right in the world. Oh, okay, they got rid of them. Good, good. Now we can look forward to next year, and everything's going to be rosy. Mm -hmm. Although that's not what happens. Yeah, and the but, new coach fires a bunch of people, but you could have kept the old coach and had him fire those people. Yes, sure. yeah, and it's Man. just it's a thought process of what it is. Yeah. And then when media goes, well, what did, point you, to. Yeah, what did you do about the situation this year? You know, we were out of contention in May. Mm -hmm. uh, well, we got rid of the uh, head coach and some other personnel, and we got some different ones in there. We think it can handle it. They, they're really specified. You know, they're really well-versed in rebuilding. They've done yeah. it here, you know. That's a very popular dodge. You know, some, some big event happens and the public or the media, more likely, is clamoring for action, for legislation, something to be done. It's a script book almost. Yeah. It's like, well, oh shit, what do we do? Hang on. Oh, here. Congress Page gets four. together and cobbles together some meaningless bill that isn't going to do anything. Yeah. Get it passed into law and then point at it and say, see, we did something. Yeah. And yes. then when it doesn't work, not if, when it doesn't work, 
they can say, oh, well, it wasn't funded, it wasn't supported, it didn't get fully implemented, but they always want to point, look, see, we did that, yeah. even though it did no good whatsoever. They want to prove that they did something about it. Uh -huh. And then campaign time, look, I'll see what I passed, see that law I passed, it's something to point to. You know, um, you know I think it's time for horrible questions. I like to yeah. some horrible questions. Oh, we'll do some horrible yeah, let's questions. Go. All right. <laughs> okay, what will you do? And uh, we'll start off, Christopher, then you, then me. Okay. Um, okay. What would you do if you found a dead body in a hotel room? And you just walk in, you open up the door. Mm. Huh? What the fuck is that? A hand? Oh shit! Yeah. Then. All right, Christopher. Um, this just happens. I gotta say, the first thing I do is look to see if I recognize the person. <laughs> <laughs> I like that one. I should probably turn around and leave, but I think I'd look to see who it is. I like the honesty. <laughs> yeah, I think I think I'm the same. I, I definitely want to make sure, like, that's a real person and someone's just not fucking with you. You know what I mean? Because <laughs> I think there'd be a lot of that. Yeah, I'd be like, I'd be looking around, going, "Where's the yeah? What the through? fuck's going on in yeah. here?" You know what I mean? And then once you realize, you, yeah, that's somebody's dead body, and I'm not touching him, and I don't want to get hemmed up, so I'm yeah, calling. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're, we're going, we're going straight to the front desk for sure. Yes, for sure. That's that's the thing. But not gonna lie, not gonna lie. And this is kind of morbid. I might take a picture and be like, "Look at this!" Shit. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. That should be good. No, okay, I'm, I'm on board with that. Yeah, me too. <laughs> I would even do a selfie. <laughs> oh god! Just like weekend with, at Bernie's with your tongue hanging out, just like <laughs> yeah. I mean, acting like the dead guy. <laughs> okay, and then after that, I'll take it a step further. What I would do, I'd use it for leverage for a free room. Oh, good. Like, good. Man, good, good, good. I, I'm, I'm gonna have nightmares. What the mm. fuck? Oh no, if I'm running into my room and there's a body in there, you're oh, not we're getting there? a free room. <laughs> Minimum. <laughs> Minimum. I want dinner sent to my fucking room oh, too. Oh fuck, I want all of this. Either that or we're getting a press conference right here, right now. I in just this room. Right. I mean, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah no. I'm getting ready to call Channel 4. Are you guys going to send the pizzas up? Yeah. How I many do a, you want? A plethora of good things. In front of me. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. It can't be pizza. It's got to be really good food. Right. I mean, that's man. what I'm saying. Oysters, rock. You call down to Chop House or something. And yeah. yeah. We want that. We want that eight ounce fillet. <laughs> I would have even shit I wouldn't normally eat that I don't like, like escargot. Just order it and throw it away. Just, yeah. I go out there and like look them right in the face and throw it on the ground. <laughs> we got this one covered. Nice. Oh god. <laughs> okay. If you describe something as indescribable, haven't you described it? Wow, I think so. I mean, yeah, I guess technically, since you said it's indescribable, yeah. that means you thought of what it is, and it is indescribable. That so is that a description would, in itself. Would, right. Okay. So, yeah. That's yeah. like the people who say, needless to say, and then they go ahead and tell you anything. Yeah, it's like, wait a minute. You said needless, so just go on. Start talking about the weather or some shit. You already said needless. That's all you need. One oh, of these I'd love to see someone say, needless to say, and then just shut up and sit down. Wouldn't that be awesome? Yeah. Oh, I'm going to do that at work. <laughs> you need to do I'm that gonna at work. I'm going to walk right into the office and just go, needless to say, and then walk right back out. <laughs> And I honestly know the people would laugh at that and the people that would not. <laughs> right. <laughs> we just start doing that all the time. Walk up, just other people that work there, needless to say, and walk it's, off. It's kind of like if, if you say, you know, here's a person who needs no introduction. Didn't you just introduce them? That's right. true. Yeah, then just walk off. Wow. It's, so it's done. They like, didn't need one. 
Would that be what? Paradox? Oxymoron? <laughs> yeah. Stepping yeah. on your own dick kind of thing? Ste yeah, it's like, look, man, anything that I say would not do it justice, so fuck it. <laughs> no. you, you guys figure it out. Yes. Whatever, you know. Here's this guy. You guys think to yourself what you think of him. I'll be over here in the corner. I know what I think of him. Yeah. I'll be the guy with the fucking booze. So, <laughs> yeah. so uh, whatever. Doing mad dog shots over here. Anybody yeah, wants yeah. To? So, in other words, leave me the fuck alone. <laughs> All right. What is the most embarrassing thing you ever wore? Oh. I would have to say... Kevin's got one already. No, well, it. yeah. <laughs> kind of, yeah. I, I had to wear my older sister's hand-me-downs to school. Oh, my God. Shoes and a shirt that were clearly for a girl. And my mom Ooh. was too cheap to buy me new clothes for school, so she sent me to school in my big sister's clothing. Wow. Yeah. Wow. That was embarrassing as hell. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what to say about that. That is that sucks bad. That I'm, sucks super bad. That's. Oh. I mean, I was regular wearing guys' pants, and I wore a jacket over that shirt all day long. Didn't yeah. care how hot it was. But those shoes, I looked down as those white girly shoes. It's like, oh, can I go barefoot today? Please? And yet you were there when she passed away. Yep. Wow. Yep. My mom was, was. You did a lot of forgiving. She was uber cheap. She was, uh, she was saving money so she could retire early, buy her land out in Oregon, and build herself a house. So she was saving every penny that she should have been spending on decent food, decent clothes, heat during the winter. <laughs> how, how old was she when she passed? Ah, uh, let's see, 87. 87 wow, and still 87. like starving herself and not staying warm. Yeah. Well, imagine if she'd done everything and every she's supposed to. Every piece of furniture to. in a house was uncomfortable as hell because it was cheap. Except for the recliner that Cindy and I bought her. Well, I we got bought a question. Her this, this massive, state-of-the-art recliner that would, you know, the kind that sits you up because she had had, yep. had a stroke. Yep. And she's like, oh, I love this chair. It's so wonderful. I can't stop sitting in it. It's like, you could have had something like this all your life. <laughs> Was she a depression baby? Yes. Okay. Yep. That, 1934. That's it more than anything else. Yeah. I've known a lot of depression babies, and they were all the same. Yep. They were so cheap. But they all had the same characteristics, and that's because they grew up losing everything and yeah. not knowing if they're ever going to eat. And then she, in the 70s, the 70s or early 80s, she got in with a really bad investment guy, and he just oh, drained shit. her. And so she was, she was enraged that all the money she'd worked so hard for and saved for was gone. So she went into super savings mode, and we all paid the price. Wow. <laughs> okay, well then. So that was my most embarrassing clothing. It's my sister's hand-me-downs. Wow, that's pretty nice. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I'm about Jesus. ready to retract mine and yeah. make something up. I mean, right, like, man. I in, thought, not, yeah. You're I'm like, <laughs> in mine, it, the only thing I can think of is like back in the day. At the time, it wasn't embarrassing. You thought it was cool, but now that I look back on it, like, holy shit. Back when uh, it was probably in the late '80s, so I was, you know, tennis. 10 years old, and I used to wear those half shirts. Urkel, oh no, no, no. You're talking, you know what I'm oh, talking crop about? Tops. Like crop tops. tops, yeah, crop tops. You know what I'm talking yes. about? There was yes. a brief period the of time dudes. where guys yes. could wear those right. and it was okay. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. It was like a year, and then they were gone. But now I look back and I go, holy shit. Yeah, that's pretty much for women that's and gay men. That's gnarly. <laughs> yep. <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> I mean, you know, on, on the average, gay men are among the most <sighs> superficial, shallow creatures when it comes to attraction, because it's all physical. It's like, yeah, you that's have true. a six-pack, you have the great abs. You have, yeah, you ever I've watched never, Will I, and Grace on TV? All my TV? gay friends, I've never heard one of them. You know, the gym man, is I their, really like is his their church. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But you watch reruns of Will and Grace. That's yeah. teach you a whole bunch of things about gay culture that you never thought of. But it's like gay men want to look good way more than women do. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that was back before I got fat. They're like this <laughs> one guy was saying that You and me both, buddy. Oh, you and me God both. Damn it. He's, he just broke up with his boyfriend. He said, I'm forty. That's 80 in gay years. <laughs> and I thought, yeah, probably is. <laughs> I'm, I'm all used up and ruined. I'm fucking dead meat on the side of the foot. I've heard of dog years, but gay years? <laughs> Gosh. <laughs> uh, mine would be spandex, because I grew oh, up in the 80s. Oh, God damn it, I said spandex. Yeast Infection City. Oh, fuck, man. Yeast yeah, I was, a, I was a chestnut smuggler. <laughs> fucking chestnut and a fucking thimble yeah, <laughs> smuggler. Yeah. yeah, I did have oh, that man. as well. I didn't okay. even think about that. Yeah, after I got to thinking about it and some of the shit, I wore spandex-wise because that's what was in fashion. I was yeah. like, oh, my yeah. God. I would have kicked my ass. If my me today, back then, i go, hey, come here, pussy. Well, fortunately, Put some real pants on. <laughs> during the spandex area, I was taking a break from music, so I missed the whole glam era, or I probably would have been wearing spandex Butt on stage. Rock. But yeah, <laughs> but I from about '82 to about '89, I just didn't play. Oh, okay. So, uh, so I missed most of the metal years, and I got back in right about when grunge was firing up. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, there's definitely so no spandex. It's there. like I've already got the outfit. I had holes oh, in my jeans and ratty old yeah. flannels. I was wearing that in the '70s. So I yeah. just like I invented grunge, but nobody knew it. <laughs> <laughs> now the thing I want to know about grunge is, and, I'll, and we'll get back to this real quick, was was that all they had, or did they actually do it as a style? But that's all they had to wear because they were all poor fuckers up there in Seattle. That's kind of how it started. It was you know they didn't have the money for anything, so yeah. they just came out as they were. And then all the kids were like, "Hey, look, they're all wearing flannel and so t-shirts." They look just like us. Yeah. You know. Yeah. So that became the fashion. It was an identification, you know, we're one of, it's kind of like punk rock, where, you know, we can't play, we're loud and obnoxious, just like you guys. So we're one of you, we're not some, you know, yeah, like true. ELP was inaccessible. Like the Melvins, I remember that. Yeah. We suck, and they're going, yeah, thanks, man. Uh, they're, so they're their whole thing. You became one of your target audience. It's like, we're just like you. We're like you up on stage talking and to you. And they were the ones that would come out in the uh, in the audience and fucking play and hang out and party mm -hmm. and drink and stuff too. Yeah. There was, it was a rejection of the whole rock star image and persona of all the money, the girls, the fancy stuff, spending, you know, consumerism. It was just like, no, we just want to, you know, get up on stage and sing about what we're pissed off about. Yeah. Then let's hang. And for a lot of people, it's like, yeah, it's what we want too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like fuck you to the man, yep. and everybody felt that that way back then. I mean, you know, his uh, economy wasn't so good, and uh, just a whole bunch of yep. things came together, and people weren't happy like they were in the '80s. Suddenly, '90s flip over, and people were pissed. 
So, uh, okay, so. So all that trickle down economics didn't work for shit. They're <laughs> 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 all pissed. Like I said, look, I, I'm not making a statement either way because I'm neither. I'm not. I'm not a liberal or conservative. Um, everything, man. It depends on what the subject is, you know? It doesn't benefit us to yeah. label ourselves. But the whole trickle-down thing is, what I used to say, is let me go up in this tree, take a teaspoon of water, <laughs> throw it in that tree, and you stand there, down there and you tell me when it hits you. Yep. You'll be standing there a long fucking time. <laughs> it's still trickling. It's yeah. still trickling. Are you getting wet? <laughs> yeah, like it's the, bullshit. Like the one I saw where, uh, you know, the first line is, the dragon relaxes on his hoard of gold. The townspeople say, let's give all of our gold to the dragon. Surely he'll create jobs for us then. <laughs> he just needs more gold. <laughs> yeah. 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 True. Okay. If a man is scheduled to be executed mm -hmm. in an electric chair, but right before he is executed, he has a heart attack, do they save him? So they can execute him, or they just say, "All right, job done." Are we Don't. talking about like is he right? Is he right in there. the chair? He's in the and chair. He has a heart attack. No, yeah. you just let him die. Okay. Just let him die. Oh, He's okay. going to die in ten seconds anyway. After that, so. No, that's that's would have been my answer too. What do you yeah, think? What I, do you think? I'm going to take the government bureaucrat view and say, <laughs> yeah, I knew the you court would. specifically said he's supposed to die in this manner, so we better keep him alive long enough so we can kill him exactly the way they told. Us too. Because they might be lose the government forms and the paperwork. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I could see that exact thing happening. Yeah. 100%. I guarantee you it would happen. I would let him die. Yeah, I'd just let him, just let him yeah. go, man. God damn it. You know, he's been through enough. Don't need to revive him. He's going, wait, the fuck is just happening? Hell, the night before, I'd give him a you know, big bottle of pills and say, here, save yeah. us the trouble if you want. Yeah, lighting up old Sparky takes a yeah. lot of fucking wattage. You don't want to do that? That'd be then fun that's fun to watch. Num the number yeah. two, number two Nazi Herman Goering. They used to have it on TV. They used no. to show it. When was the the number two Nazi Herman Goering um, was captured and was part of the Nuremberg trials, uh -huh. and he was sentenced to death, and he was going to be executed by hanging. And he said, "Okay, I get it. You guys won." You have the right to put me on trial. I did what you said I did, but execute me by firing squad. That's the way a soldier goes out. Not hanging, that's for a common criminal. And the tribunal wouldn't listen to him. So that's when Goering paid to have somebody smuggle in a vial of cyanide for him. So he actually died he died, on his, he died on his own terms yeah. because yeah. hanging would have been insulting. Yes. And if they had honored his request for a firing squad, he would have gone and stood right in front of it. Yeah, he'd be said, like, okay, let's no go problem. do it now, yeah. Mm -hmm. But he wanted to go out on his terms. So I, I can see a lot of other people wanting to do that. It's like, we're going to strap you down and you know, jolt you or give you a lethal injection or whatever. And, or... You can pass away quietly in your in your cell by your own hand. I think a lot of people would take that. Yeah, it's not legal to offer it to them. Yeah, yeah you know, like, currently, yeah, but it's like, yeah, I think a lot of people would take, take that. some night night pills and start reading a book or something, or mm -hmm. try to make things right with God or something, whatever you felt like doing. Yeah. So. Yep. Interesting to think about. Okay. What music would you play every time you walk in a room? Like, if there's like everybody had a theme song or something. So let's say you're getting ready to go down to uh, uh, Brown and Low down there, right? Uh-huh. Okay, and you're just like, 
walk in and every time you walk in somewhere, you have this music that just plays because that's the way life is. That's just what happens. What would your theme oh, be? Oh, gosh. Let's see. I've, I've thought of and rejected a few. The James Bond theme came to mind. but that's, I like, I like yeah. that one, yeah. Uh, then I thought of uh, um, Too Drunk to Fuck by the Dead Kennedys. <laughs> I think it's going to be... I think it's going to be Hello, Hooray. That's, <laughs> Hello, the, hooray. that's uh, the opening yeah. track on Alice Cooper's Billion Dollar Babies album. And it, and it starts out with this big majestic intro and it's like impressive and it's like I walk in a room and play that, people what would an turn album and look. Too. Yeah, they would. Let the I fun still, begin. I still think I've it'd be fun ready. to play Too Drunk to Fuck, though, especially the chorus. I, I wonder if you could, like, switch it up, though. Like, you could play something for three months and then uh, yeah. play something else. You, like, you had, like, a jukebox of, like, ten songs yeah. that you could mix up. Mm -hmm. Okay, let's just do the top five songs, then. All right. Oh, James Bond, <laughs> Hello, Hooray, Too Drunk to Fuck. Um... Roxanne's Go Fuck Yourself. <laughs> and uh, Cold Ethel. Cold Ethel. Yep. Oh, that one will confuse people. Yeah. That was the B-side of Only Women Bleed. Oh, it was, If you it? remember that. Yeah, it's, it, yep. it's like two and a half minutes of Steve Hunter and Dick, Wag Dick Wagner just crunching the heck out of their guitars. It is, it is so power in your face. It's, it's a great mid-70s hard rock tune. Cool. I have no idea about five. I know. I, I <laughs> well, just do whatever you can. But I, I always <laughs> sorry said, I changed mid. If I know, right? I started thinking about it and just switched it up on me. Uh, yeah. If I had to pick one that would just start playing as I walked into a room, I think it would be like uh, the Scorpions, "Rocky Like a Hurricane." Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. That's a real good one. Right. Yeah, that just blast you right out of your seat. Yeah, 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 something like that would be fun. When I used to, when I would play hockey, I would make sure the um, the guy running the uh, the sound system would play that as we were doing warm ups and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, that is a hell of a warm up song. Yeah, it's 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 great, man. I love that song. But yeah, if I had to just pick one, you know, I think that would be it as far as that goes but there's so many good you know, oh yeah I've, I've been thinking you're thinking about some I should have put on the list Dope, Dopes to Infinity yeah by yeah. Monster Magnet yep. oh that's a good one yeah yep. Heads Explode yeah uh, the unedited version of Space Lord where they actually says motherfucker instead of mother mother yes yeah yep. that's the only version I'll listen yeah. to the other one does not exist yeah but you know, then then there's the album Mindfucker and the title track Mindfucker. It's a great one. Yeah, of course. And interestingly enough, they had to put the sticker on that saying it had explicit lyrics. Oh good. It's like, dude, the the title of the album is Mindfucker, and it's in huge letters right there on the cover. I think we know that's explicit. We get it. I'm pretty yeah. sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now Monster Magnet has the right level of outrage and the right level of humor. No, I know. I love it's, it. I, yeah. They're a band that should have been much bigger than what they are. Really? But they do have fanatical fans, though. I oh, mean, yeah. And I'll go see them anytime they're within 500 miles. Well, it sucks because when I was in Nashville last year, they played like three days later, and I didn't have enough vacation time because oh. this was before I went to where I am now. I was mm -hmm. at the old job, and I only had like a couple of days left. Otherwise, I would have stayed over a couple of days to watch them. But they're mm -hmm. just play they're playing the same venue that, uh, oh, nice. that the Dead Daisies were playing. So, yeah. yeah, which is a great venue. Yeah. So, uh, Monster Magnet does a lot with a song with a band called the Atomic Bitch Wax, which I would also like to see. 
Mine, uh, I think my number one one would be Live and Let Die, Paul McCartney. Oh, nice one. Yes. Oh. Yep. Then Live and Let Die, Guns N' Roses. I was going to say the oh, GNR yeah. version was, was my favorite. Oh, yeah. I like them both. And so, uh, one and two. And uh, let's see. And then I had a three just a second ago, and I freaking lost it. Is there an Aussie song that would fit? Uh, there, there is. A, there's a lot of Aussie songs. Let me see. Crazy Train might be a little obvious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bark at the Moon might work. Or... How about Rock and Roll Rebel? Yeah. That's a solid lick on there. Okay. I'm glad you didn't say fairies wear boots. <laughs> <laughs> How about Heaven and Hell because of the riff? Oh, yeah. Yeah, be that would be one. a great riff. Okay, and then let's see. And then Stranglehold. Yeah. Because that's just a good, solid riff, and there's no music for like 10 minutes. Mm -hmm. And it's just a real heavy, good riff. It is. Okay, I'm going to go ahead and put Stranglehold at number two after Living That Die, both versions. So that'd be number three. And the studio then, or live version of Stranglehold both work. Yeah, both of them. Yeah, because yeah. actually, I may, that might be one of those rare songs where I like live just as well, or if not better. I like the live version of Great White Buffalo a lot better than the studio. Oh, God, yeah. Man, and, uh, the guitar is just so much better. And Hibernation so. is live. Yeah. It's nice. I mean, yeah. that's, that's a song you just sit there and zone out to. Yeah, very much so. Okay, let's see. Which, if animals could talk, which animals would be the nicest? The nicest? The nicest. Oh. Well, golden retrievers probably. Yeah, any sort well, of I dog. Go. Yeah. yeah. Um, I just get the impression the impression that pandas and koalas would be very nice and polite. Maybe a sloth would be a very polite. I think a sloth would nice. because they don't. If they're mean, you can run away from them. Uh, yeah. Yeah, but I mean, yeah, yeah I sloth would, would be a good. One. I think I think uh, koalas though, man, they might. I think they might be dicks if they could talk. To be honest with you. Well, yeah, I kind of think that. so too, because they kind of get some looks on their face that right. kind of like, indicate like better than you do. You yeah. eat your fucking eucalyptus leaves and shut the fuck up. Yeah, they apparently right, have yeah. really horrible breath because of eating the eucalyptus leaves. Yeah. It's like right, well, make you pass out breath. Koalas are off man. the table now. Yeah. I'm, I'm gonna roll with penguins, man. I think penguins. penguins are cool. Penguins, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna go with chipmunks. Oh yeah, chipmunks, chipmunks are friendly, really docile. I mean, I I think it. A chipmunk, if you could you know, talk to a chipmunk, they'd be like, Hi, I'm Alvin. They'd be hyper, your hyper little friend. Yeah. Jesus. <laughs> You're fucking everywhere. Oh, yeah. It's probably not a bird that would be nice. No, they all be dicks. just too No, cool. birds are dicks. Yeah, yeah. they crap on your... They're, they're basically... Blue Jays. Yeah. Blue Jays scream, fuck you, every time you walk around. They, the birds all remember when they used to be dinosaurs, and they've got an inferiority complex yeah, they about do. it. Yeah, no more pterodactyl. Now they're the little bitty things that cats kill. Yep. So, uh, yeah. Put me in a stinking cage and take me down to a damn coal mine. And... Yeah, man. <laughs> okay, which animal would be the meanest? Um, I'm going to say probably hyena. Yeah, that's a great one. I've watched some, some nature documentaries, and the hyenas are pretty much dicks. They're just... They're kind of a-holes. Yeah. They are dicks. Yeah. That's a good answer. They're like the you know the guy who flunked out of third grade but thinks <laughs> he knows everything, and yeah. if you disagree with him, he just punches you. <laughs> yeah. He'd be kind of like Biggin. Yeah, he'd be Biggin, the ball biter. Yep. Yeah. 
Have you heard uh, Biggin on, on my solo cast, the story of Biggin? No. I'll okay. have to listen to it. You will, yeah. I'll have yeah, to listen yeah. to it. Actually, he's going he's gonna to be on the one that I post later today, the story of Biggin. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh, boy. Listen to it for we sure. recorded one yesterday, and we're doing the post-production on that one. Yeah. Yep. Okay. So it, it'll, be, it'll be spit out later. So. Ejaculated onto the airwaves. Yeah, that's what yeah. you put ejaculated out. Like, <laughs> my oh. wife objected to that one. She's like, no. <laughs> I like the next one you put. You can hear the splat from here. <laughs> it's ejaculated right into your ear hole. Yeah. Let's go. I love using ear hole because I see I can imagine people cringe as soon as yes. you. Like, you have to say it's a moist ear hole. Yeah. Time. Oh, I will because you can see him going. Oh <laughs> no. <laughs> So, um, I think, uh, is it the rhinoceros that's like really, really like uh, super uber um, aggressive? Or it's the hippo. It's hippos. the hippo. The hippo. That's what I was going to say. Yeah. Hippo. Yeah. hippo. Them guys are dirty. Yeah, I'm going to say hippo is the meanest. Yeah. That's, yeah. That's, that's a good one. More, uh, more people die from hippo attacks than die from like lion attacks yeah. or yep. poisonous oh, okay. snakes. All right, well then I'm going with the, hippo uh, all the way. The water buffaloes too are, are killers. Yep. Oh yeah, I knew about water buffaloes. They're real big. Oh, hippos! Hippos kill more people than anything. Yeah. Wow. You know, land, water. Yeah. I mean, you go out to fish, and they'll knock your boat over and just kill you because yep. you're in their water. <laughs> They're very territorial. They're... <laughs> people used to say humans are the only ones who kill for pleasure. It's like, no, no. <laughs> hippos. No. Hippos are like over there smoking yeah. cigarettes, going, "Hey." I've hey, seen a house cat hey. kill something just because it was fun. Uh, oh yeah, cats yeah. are dicks. The cats will mess with them, toss them up in the air and shit, and then kill them. That's what yeah. my fucking yeah, cat does. Dumb shit. Oh, they like yeah. play with their like almost dead prey. Yeah. Heard things like hanging off for life barely, and they're like, da 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 da. My cat's see, a psychopath. Oh yeah. Sea lions do it too. Sea lions. Uh, um, when we went on the Alaskan cruise, first of June, they have this thing they called Sea Lion Lounge. They're all on this buoy. And they would jump in the water, grab a fish, and play with it, and then eat it. They'd like toss it off of their nose and finally eat it. Looked like they're making little fish pizzas. Like, Scared meat tastes yes. better. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Oh, God. Nope. Okay, the next one. <laughs> this one is really good if you think about it. Why is it that lemon juice uh, has artificial ingredients in it and dish soap has real lemon juice? <laughs> Dude, who the fuck am I? Bill Nye the Science Guy? I have no fucking idea. Wow. Well, it really is. It really is. For fuck's sake, now I'm going to think about that all day long. <laughs> Sorry. I might have a little insight here. My sister works for a cosmetics company. Okay. And Well, she did. She now works for a physician's uh, research. They, they oversee medical trials. But when she worked for a cosmetics company, she said, you know all that enormous list of ingredients on your shampoo so only one or two of those are really in there to clean your hair the rest of them are in there to make it smell good make it the right consistency make sure it doesn't clump in cold temperatures um, and then like a dozen of them are in there to counteract the effects of some of the ones that they just put in there to make it seem better yeah and then those have bad effects you know so they add more in there ingredients to counteract the other ingredients and that's probably the same with lemon juice so yeah yeah i bet you're right the idea you know, is to make it appeal to you when you buy it so you'll buy it again and also i think some of the ingredients in there 
they probably have some natural flavoring is to knock down the natural flavoring because usually the natural flavoring that they put in it is too strong. That's another point. People they think they want lemon juice, but they don't realize what real lemon juice tastes like. Yes, exactly. So they give them what they think they want. But then the real lemon juice in the Dawn, they can take like a thousand gallons of Dawn and drop in one drop of lemon juice and say, it contains real lemon juice. And I'm sure that's what they Because they never do. say how much. Right. No, they don't, do they? Right. Yeah. And they never tell you what it does. I mean, what, what benefit does it have? They never say it. They just I tell, tell you it's in what. there. One time I got gasoline all over my hands. Mm. And you can't get the smell of gas on no. this thing. So I started Googling shit and they're like, oh, you just take lemon juice, mm-hmm. rub it, you know, basically soak your hands in it and it takes the smell away. So my stupid ass goes to the grocery store, gets some lemons. I start cutting lemons up and I start rubbing them oh. all over my hands. Dude, my hands blew up. Mm. They got red, the fingers swole up. Uh, I don't know if it was just, I don't know if it was an allergic reaction that I had. Sounds like it. Or if yeah. it was like the, the the lemon juice reacting with the gasoline. That's what I thought at first. Oh, off. that's true, and you were getting peel oil in there too. But it scared the shit out of me, man, because oh, my yeah. hands turned bright red. I said, holy shit. That's a lot of blood flow. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it, it was gnarly, dude. But that's I, fucked up. Wow. So, and it still didn't get the goddamn smell of it. That's the part <laughs> me off. <laughs> Hands still smell like gasoline. I'm like, well, this was stupid. It's probably the same guy who tells you to microwave your phone to recharge it. Right. And then laughs because you just blew up yeah. your phone. Yeah. <laughs> You're listening to two douchebags and a microphone. And I just can't figure out why. Um, are eyebrows considered facial hair? Hmm. They are on the face and, they, and it is hair. Well, that's true. I, I tend to think of facial hair as just like beard and mustache, but yeah, it could be eyebrows. But then you gotta let eyelashes in and maybe ear hair. Yeah, yeah I'm gonna say I'm gonna solid say, no. I'm gonna say no. I say technically it is. Yes. But when we say facial hair, that's not what we think. Yeah, yeah. yeah we think of mu- mustaches, beards, goatees, whatever you Everybody yeah. would have facial hair then. Right. It's like, did he have facial hair? Yeah. Well, what was mustache, goatee, uh, beard? No, eyebrows. Get the fuck out of here. Yeah. Get the fuck out of here, man. <laughs> Fucking yep. idiot. Don't interview that guy. He's a moron. Yes. Um, here's a good one. When you know the battery is dead, why do you press harder on the remote control? Ah, to squeeze that energy out. That energy out. Yeah. squeeze it. That's exactly right. That's Like hilarious. you're wringing a washcloth or yeah. you're... Pushing extra hard to get that drawer in. And yeah. <laughs> I mean, that makes sense, but it's like, I don't know why you do that. Everybody you does it, it, you can't help it. It's been programmed in us. That's hilarious. That is. Wait, oh, man, a totally yeah. useless gesture. Yeah. <laughs> That's so fucking funny. Meanwhile, the battery's still dead. Yeah, it is. <laughs> you might get a few more pushes out of it if you, like, spin it in place or lick the ends and yeah. put it back in. You might get another day or so. But, <laughs> but other than lick the ends... Especially a nine volt, get that little yeah. <laughs> lick the ends. Oh my god! What are you doing? I saw licking so my batteries. Funny. I can't afford another pair. I saw that on Mike and Molly. His remote didn't work, so he pulled the batteries out. Holy his shit. wife said, "Just change the batteries." Like, nah, I can lick another week out of these. I'm gonna do that at home next time. The battery. Licking the batteries. Yeah, it's only if she's sitting there though. We'll yeah. Sat. Unless you listen to this podcast. Back in. (laughs) 
Okay, here is my favorite. I saved it for last. All right. In a movie theater, which side of the armrest is yours? Hmm. There's left-handed people. There's right-handed people. What if you have one of each opposing each other? I think I tend to lean on my left arm, even though I'm right-handed. I think I do too, actually. Yeah. And my wife is left-handed, so maybe that's why we're both wind up fighting for the same armrest. That's it, right well, there. Right. I mean, luckily now uh, most of your theaters are the, the theater, the big theater seating, so they have a giant armrest. In the yeah. Seat. Yeah, it so doesn't really share. pertain nowadays. You well, know, you think of an, like an airline seat, you're sharing an armrest. Right. If yeah. I get there first. Whatever armrest I want is mine. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Same way it works. So if I'm there first and I'm leaning to the right, I guess you better lean to you the right. You better lean too. to the right also, yep. Because that's you know, what I'm taking. I yeah. agree with that. The I first think person there, yep. If you're in the middle seat, especially, you should be able to take either one. Yep. Because the person on the inside guaranteed has the inside one. Yep. The person on the aisle seat is guaranteed that aisle seat one. Yeah, that's you should true. be able to take either one of those inside or even both. Yep. No, I, yeah. I, I it's like, hey, I'm sitting in the middle. I, I think that's proper protocol. Whoever's there first picks whichever one is his. Yeah. So the answer is either. Whatever you feel like. It's Fielder's choice. You get there. Yeah. Whatever. My mom had to fight somebody on an airplane for the armrest once. This woman came and sat down, and, and she was from, well, my mom was, was fat phobic, so... She was huge. She was enormously oh, overweight. Jesus. She, you know, she was her probably was just modestly me. overweight. But the woman, you know, sat down and put her arms on both armrests and told my mom, well, I'm, I'm big, so I need both armrests to rest. And my mom looked at her and said, I have a dislocated shoulder. I need the armrest. And she said her, and it was in a cast and a sling and everything, because she yeah. did dislocate her shoulder. She was skiing and fell in the parking lot. Well, I guess, <laughs> oh, that's good. <laughs> yeah. Love it. But she was like, damn it, I ski all day, and then I wind up standing beside my car and slip on a patch of ice and dislocate my shoulder. Good. That's but she got the armrest because her, her dislocated shoulder trumped the other woman's weight problem. I mean, that's true, though. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. true. No, it's true. Don't be a dick. You yeah. know what I mean? The lady needed the it, armrest. That's the way it works. And also, mm -hmm. another thing is, is if the big lady was that concerned about it, she, she could have bought two tickets. That's true. Yeah. Oh no, that was the thing. She said she needed the armrests up and out of the way so she could, you know, expand oh, so out of her seat. Could expand. Yeah, expand out. Yeah, so she didn't me. want to buy. Oh, my fat needs to expand out. Yeah, we'll, we'll sag over here, we'll sag over there. Sorry about my wrinkle. I'll pull some of it back, but I can't hold it all. Oh man. Thank you for listening to Two Douchebags in a Microphone. If you have any questions, comments, or anything at all, you can call us at our hotline number, 816-312-7717. That's 816-312-7717. Thank you, and have a good afternoon. Two Douchebags and a Microphone podcast is written, produced, and performed by Mark Wallace and Christopher P. Kemner from an original concept by Mark Wallace. It is provided for informational and educational purposes only and is not intended to make you play the lottery or hire a lawyer or any other dumbass shit. Post-production is by Christopher P. Kemner. Godzilla by Blue Oyster Colt is performed by Eric Van Landingham. 
All original music is composed by Christopher P. Kemner and performed by the Douchebag Duo.